Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. Hey everyone, welcome to an episode of the V Report. Today I am so blessed and humbly in favor today because Andrew Snorton's here. This man here, y'all, is somebody different. He is so well-rounded, so kind, so friendly. He has an amazing show. But we're going to get to that all in a second. Andrew, welcome to my show. Hey, Venora, thank you so much for having me on the show. And to your audience out there, I hope your audience is doing, you know, as well as possible, given our now normal. So, hey, just keep your head up, stay encouraged. See, told y'all, so sweet. <laughs> so is he ready to dive into this? Let's yeah, see. let's let's go ahead and make <laughs> Okay. So how did you develop the Creative Community Solutions LLC? I know you are based out in Atlanta and that's amazing. What made you develop your own comp- your own business? That's a great question. A lot of it stemmed from my previous career in in public education. I actually taught middle school in Gwinnett County Public Schools, uh, language arts, social studies. Ironically, I did a journalism class and a couple other things. And when I transitioned out of the classroom and was doing more grant writing um, for one of the nonprofits that uh, me and a couple colleagues established, the LEAD Foundation, all of a sudden I was kind of swinging back full circle in the education. I was doing a little bit of tutoring. I was doing a little bit of press and media. I'm like, well, I've got some of these moving parts. Let me just consolidate it. So under the umbrella of Creative Community Solutions, there's an education-based branch to where I still do traditional or virtual tutoring, student coaching. I work with a couple of the high schools in regards to their prep for their ACTs and SATs. And I've worked with a couple of community organizations on that as well. Uh, on the press and media end, I work with a couple of different individuals and then entities to allow them to interface with radio, television, podcasts, you know, great shows like yours, uh, <laughs> things along those lines. And I've worked on a couple of different events. So with one of the big events here in Atlanta, um, the Alpha Derby Weekend, which is done by the Alphas of Atlanta, which is a collective of all the grad chapters in Metro Atlanta. It's the annual Kentucky Derby themed event that's done. So I help in regards to getting like the press and media kits, all that type of thing. Um, and like I said, I've worked with other different events and different individuals on that. Uh, tied in with that is my partnership with Status Network, one of the Atlanta-based media groups. And through Status Network, I actually have my own full broadcast show, The Conversation Corner. So that airs every second and fourth Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And under the umbrella of entertainment business community and more, I've been really blessed. This is my third season doing the show. So I'm really blessed to have some great guests, really doing great things across the board. And obviously with technology, you're able to connect with people pretty much all over the country and beyond. And and you've been a guest on my show and I'm very thankful, very excited. (laughs) So um, those are the moving parts. And then tied in with that, um, being a published author where I've done three books, and uh, about to re- release my fourth audiobook on uh, February 25th. So just under that umbrella, that's just to kind of keep everything together. And I'm very thankful for all the patronage support and looking forward to continue to build and, you know, build on the good things that are taking place. 
Wow, Andrew, you're going to answer almost all the questions in one. <laughs> so we're going to take a different angle at this because you mentioned you're a part of a foundation. You want to tell us a little about it? Sure. The LEAD Foundation, um, this was a, a nonprofit established in the mid to late 2000s. Uh, my colleague, Michael Woodward Sr. and I previously had a background teaching in Gwinnett County Public Schools. And a lot of it started off with him previously teaching high school, me teaching middle school, looking at what's something extra that we can do to provide support for our young people. Um, and, and the program started real humbly. We, we had um, a spring leadership development program for men and women. And then from there, it gradually grew into doing a male mentoring program in the fall. We added on different components, uh, college tours to where we've traveled as far north as Washington, D.C., as far west as Baton Rouge, Louisiana, visiting a blend of historically black colleges and universities, as well as predominantly white institutions. Uh, Mr. Woodward is a is an alum of Florida A&M, FAMU, mm-hmm. and I'm an alum of Wake Forest. And we wanted to make sure that we provided students in middle and high school these engagement opportunities. We have done summer programs. We have done uh, scholarship programs. So even though kind of we're still restructuring and fine tuning a couple of things during this now normal, we envision making sure to keep those programs available for middle and high school students. I think that's very important because kids do need to go on college tour. They do need to have that support and uh, I know also know you know you're a member of Alpha Phi Alpha. So are you guys, do you guys partner with that as well? Yeah, uh, Michael Woodward Sr. is also one of my fraternity brothers, uh, mm-hmm. Alpha Phi Alpha. And we have had support, you know, from, from Alpha chapters previously. I have to acknowledge support from the um, Roe Cap and Lambda chapter based in Gwinnett County, Duluth, Georgia, as well as our current chapter, um, Sigma Eta Lambda, which is based in Loganville, Conyers, Georgia. So we've had not only members of the fraternity lend support, but our colleagues across our Divine Nine organizations, you know, our Black alumni groups from different, you know, walks of life, things of that nature. So we're very grateful to everybody who's thought enough of us to lend support. And like I said, while we're restructuring and fine tuning some things, we look forward to making sure to, to providing those, you know, access to resources and opportunities. We know how much we benefited from similar type programs when we were in middle school and high school. So it's exactly. only right to do what you can to help somebody because somebody helped you. I agree with you 100%. I've also benefited from a program like that. Um, we got to go to different colleges while I was in middle school and maybe definitely decide to go to HBCU because I went on the HBCU college tour with the Iowa Alpha Omega chapter. Thank you. Thank you, Soros. <laughs> so... <laughs> I definitely wanted to ask you, like, what made you become an author? Because I know, like you, you mentioned that um, you are an author. You have public, you have some books published, and you have a uh, another book coming out. What made you go down that path? That's another great question. The author piece kind of evolved. Um, the beginning of last decade, uh, starting in 2010 till about 2016, I used to write for one of the online publications, Examiner.com. And even though a lot of the articles that were done were on the um, community end to try to provide, you know, highlights of different community organizations, nonprofits, our graduate chapters of our fraternities and sororities, things along those lines, I did delve a little bit into arts and entertainment and doing an op and doing some op-eds. So when the magazine shut down 
around the summer of 2016, I knew I wanted to keep the writing skills sharp, but I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do. So while under my business website, I do, technically it's a blog, but basically a lot of the events that I cover, op-eds, I'm doing it under there. I wanted to do something more. And I really have to credit a conversation I had with two fellow authors, uh, Darius Gordine, who's a member of Alpha Phi Alpha, published author, now based out of South Carolina, and Tyra Satai, member of Delta Sigma Theta, the sorority incorporated, who's kind of split between Atlanta and New Orleans. And in bouncing ideas off of them, that kind of gave me the idea that, hey, look, if I'm already doing writing on this level, the only thing I need to do is stretch or expand, I'll say my writing muscles. Mm-hmm. And and true story, my, my very first book was supposed to be a collection of political essays, given the election cycle in 2016, and a couple of names that will remain nameless. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I was providing a commentary on that, but what ended up happening, and, and I'll remind anybody out there, please back up your material. So what happened when my previous laptop decided to go to the laptop graveyard in the sky, I didn't have that manuscript backed up so i lost mm. that I, I lost about like 20 percent of my stuff i got i gotta thank um my colleague dexter minds for helping me recover a lot of things but then i knew i wanted to do a poetry book poetry was actually going to be my second book but clearly there are other things at work so my, my very first book that i did was released in 2017 and it's poetry based and then from there just tackling different topics and subjects from um health and wellness to sports and then with the audiobook series um which started in um 2019 just being a little bit more creative and freestyle so it's like you know to anybody out there you know don't put limits on what you do and really just tap into the gifts and talents that you have um you never know where they can take you you, you just don't i agree 1000 percent because you don't know what your talents can take. Your talents, like, don't quit on yourself because nothing, you don't know. Nothing can come from it or an amazing opportunity come of it. And, like, just because of all the things you are talented in, you create your own, you start your own podcast, and then you ended up having your own show called The Conversation Corner. How did that happen? Like, what was the steps that that took place? Because yeah. when you told me about it, it was fantastic. I tell you what, everything, you know, as you get older, you see things don't always happen by accident. And so here's here's the backstory behind how I was able to become the host of my show, The Conversation Corner. Uh, the summer of 2018, I just finished doing the Mississippi Book Festival in Jackson, Mississippi. I was spending time with relatives in southwestern Kentucky because at the end of that week, I was scheduled to do a book signing at um, in Louisville, Kentucky at Fonte's Coffee. So shouts to them who are just awesome. They're just awesome people. So the first day I'm visiting relatives in Southwestern Kentucky, I get a call from one of the hosts of one of the shows on the Status Network. And it was a show called Psy Tell Us. And she wanted me to come in that week to do the show. And I'm like, well, I'm out of state. And it wasn't like everybody was on the Zoom kick like we are now. (laughs) So it's kind of like I can do it when I'm back in town. So I remember the day, September 11th, 2018, I'm a guest on the show, Cytelis. 
it was an hour long show and everything was real free flowing. And it was a blessing because the owner of the network and the lead producer were working in the studio that day. And I remember Cy, the host, was like, wow, this was just easy. Like, you made it so, you know, easy to do the interview. And I'm like, well, you made me feel comfortable. So when you make people feel comfortable, you're going to get the information that you want to get. So a week later, I get a call from the network to come in. And not and Venora, I'm like, what the heck's going on? I thought maybe I did a hatchet <laughs> job or whatever. <laughs> But somebody told me they might be pitching you a show idea. So I remember when I went into my meeting, I actually had a 30-minute show idea because I didn't know what was going on. But they really were like, hey, we really think you've got, you know, potential to do something bigger. And and I'll admit, I prayed and reflected about it. We know shows along those lines, you have to have a budget and have like your sponsor set up and all that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But I went ahead and threw my ring into the hat. And then October 24th, 2018 is when I did my very first broadcast. And from there, I kind of just used the same approach I did when I was writing for Examiner in regards to, hey, if I want to reach out to people in music, if I want to reach out to people in sports, if I want to reach out to fellow journalists or podcasters or broadcasters, if I want to bring in, as we both mentioned, our Greek letter organizations, it's like, I've got access to a platform. Why not do something constructive with it? And, and it's, I tell you what, it's, it's, it's a blessing. Like if you had told me three years ago that, Hey, you're going to be hosting this and doing this, I would have bet you. And you probably could have retired on that bet to be honest with you. So, um, but that's how, that's how the conversation corner evolved. It was really just, it was a blessing. Like I said, they saw my press and media kit. One of the hosts called me to bring me in on their show. Things went well and people saw something in me that maybe I didn't see in myself. And now turnabout's fair play whenever I have different guests come on. Like, you know, we have platforms. We need to use them accordingly. You are 1000% right because like just hearing your story again is like wow like the, the right place the right time and just someone else taking a chance on you is so big which is why ch- young people out there i'm a young person don't want play me but um <laughs> definitely 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 make sure you just do right because good things will happen eventually and it comes out absolutely nowhere so Angie, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back because you guys definitely want to hear more about Andrew snoring. He got some cool stuff, even with the other half our interview. So definitely stay put. Okay, guys, welcome back again. If you're somebody trying to start your own podcast, you're trying to get your own platform out there, you're not like Andrew yet, so you don't got on TV, but guess where you can start at anchor you can do it even for free anchor will provide you a platform where you can not only record your podcast but edit it and publish it anchor will send your podcast out to numerous different um podcast um databases such as apple Podcasts and spotify so definitely if you are somebody interested in making your own podcast having your voice heard and making this vision a reality download the anchor app and you can do anything you can by just doing the bear man okay so what we're gonna do is we're gonna ask andrew a few more questions because he's not the hot seat yet okay so andrew 
nothing minor. Please tell us what this is. Because when I saw it, I was stunned. Sure. Nothing Minor is the book that I released uh, the summer of 2020. And it's based on my coverage of minor league baseball during the 2019 season. What I did is I covered different minor league teams based in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi. And part of really my motivation was like growing up, baseball was one of my favorite sports growing up. I remember Mm. as a kid sitting down with my dad, especially like when they used to do like the Sunday afternoon game of the week. And so my dad would be downstairs with his beverage and a slice or two of pizza. I'd have like my Kool-Aid and a slice or two of pizza. And that's how we bonded. And growing up, that's honestly how I learned how to do a lot of basic math, like ratios, proportions, percentages, because that's baseball's a lot of stats and numbers. That's how I learned how to do a lot of my basic math. And I played as a kid, um, dating myself a little bit, but grew up watching like, you know, like big Yankees fans, still am a Yankees fan to this day. So (laughs) players growing up like Reggie Jackson and Willie Randolph to, you know, more contemporary, you know, obviously Derek Jeter, uh, Bernie Williams from, from that whole crew and things along those lines. So baseball, was always kind of part of growing up and I know historically what baseball meant to the black community because when you think about Jackie Robinson's breakthrough mm-hmm. mind, baseball was the sport basically yeah and think about ties in with the Negro Leagues um tie-ins with uh you know the history between HBCUs Negro Leagues etc there's a rich history out there and and in regards to black players it seems like around the 80s, 90s, those numbers started really diminishing. And and that's no knock on Major League Baseball teams setting up their academies, like, you know, in Spanish-speaking countries and what have you. Mm-hmm. But there's a rich history, just to be blunt, between Black folk and baseball that a lot of times seems to get overlooked. So what I did in my coverage, I was very intentional with it. I'll just be honest, interviewing Black players. I was very intentional with that. Mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for the players that I was able to interview. So I would do pregame interviews. I was actually split during game coverage between being in the press box and being on field doing my own photography. And I have to give acknowledgments to contributor Emery Rose Photography because they helped big time with photography that was done in Gwinnett, which is the AAA affiliate of the Atlanta Braves. So they're just a level below the major leagues as well as Chattanooga, which is a double A affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds. So they're just two levels below. Um, But I wanted to make sure to keep it as balanced as possible. So whether, so really it's kind of probably written more for a novice fan to be a bridge. I think fans who are diehard and whatever, it's going to be enough of those elements because of the players interviewed, Mm -hmm. but I made it middle of the road. So that way, the most casual sports fan can feel like they're a part of the game action. So in addition to the interviews, in addition to the game coverage, in addition to the photography, I did an insert on the Negro Southern Leagues Museum based in Birmingham, Alabama, which actually has the largest archives of Negro Leagues memorabilia. A lot of people think it's the museum in Kansas City, but it's the one in Birmingham. And I also had an interview with one of the umpire supervisors. So, uh, the gentleman who I interviewed, former major league umpire, 
transition to doing the training for minor for for uh, minor league umpires to prepare them for the major leagues. And one of the fascinating things that I found out on that umpire end is the average major league umpire career is like 25 years. So while there's not a lot of spots and a lot of mobility, once you get in, there's longevity. And like the top umps are making like half a mil. So part of me really doing this book was to bridge the casual fan into the game, have enough for the diehard fans so they can really pick out the players who are being interviewed and kind of watch them as they rise through the ranks. really on the media end to encourage you know to encourage our emerging audiences african-american span speaking what have you hey look there are different pathways to sports consider coverage consider yes. some other things and then in regards to the negro leagues a lot of people might not realize 2020 was the centennial celebration for the negro leagues now granted it got a little muted because of you know the pandemic but it doesn't diminish their impact. And a lot of people might not realize a number of players who are in the Major League Hall of Fame got their start in the Negro Leagues. The late Hank Aaron started in in the Negro Leagues, and he actually was the first back player in the South Atlantic League, which is one of the minor league divisions. Uh, Willie Mays played in the Negro Leagues. Larry Doby, who is the second black player to break through in the major league baseball and the second black manager in major league baseball came through the negro leagues so in addition to stories with jackie robinson and and others there's a lot going on and and now all of a sudden when i think of some of the players i interviewed um one of the players i interviewed trey harris who at the time was with the mississippi braves which is the double a affiliate of the atlanta braves He's actually one of their top 15 prospects. And he was drafted at the end of the 2018 draft, like almost like when the when they're getting ready to shut down the lights and call it a day. That's when he was drafted. And he's one of their top 15 prospects. Um, originally from the Atlanta, Georgia area, played at the University of Missouri um, and will probably be on the Braves AAA um, team this year and actually stands a legit chance of being a September call-up or, you know, being in the bigs next year. Uh, A couple other players I interviewed, Tristan Casas, who is with the Greenville um, Drive, which is the single-A affiliate of the Boston Red Sox. Part of his backstory was he turned down a college scholarship at the University of Miami, and he was taken in the second round by the Boston Red Sox, and he's probably their top prospect. So last year, Tristan was on the taxi squad since the Miley's didn't play. He stands a legit chance of coming out of spring training as their their starting first baseman. So there's some interesting stories like that. Travis Demerit, who was taken in the first round of the Major League Baseball draft back in 2016. And to make a long story short, after doing the interview, he got traded in 2019 to the Detroit Tigers. The Tigers purchased his AAA contract. He was their starting outfielder in right field for the 2019 season and he was on the taxi squad last year so it's neat that a number of these players that i was able to interview are either top prospects or players that have seen major league baseball time things of that nature the last name i'll mention is a a tyler trammell who's also from metro atlanta and at the time that i interviewed him when he was a member of the chattanooga lookouts which was a double a affiliate of these Cincinnati Reds he was the Reds number one prospect at the time 
but he got traded in 2019 as part of the three-way deal between Cleveland and San Diego. So he landed at San Diego. And then last year he got traded to Seattle, but he's still regarded as one of Major League Baseball's top 20 prospects. So when you're able to shed the spotlight on those, you know, particular players, and then like even for major leagues, Tim Anderson, who's a starting shortstop for the Chicago White Sox, he -hmm. actually played minor league ball at one of the teams I cover, the Birmingham Barons. And part of the Barons backstory, their name is after the Birmingham Black Barons. So anytime you go to a double A game in Birmingham to support the Barons, they're actually paying you know, homage to the HBCU, I mean, not HBCU, my apologies, the uh, Negro League teams. And then that Negro Southern Leagues Museum is within like a five minute walk of the ballpark. So I'm really excited to have done that particular book. Um, Looking forward to, you know, hopefully with things being calmer, to be able to cover minor league ball again, it's supposed to start back up in May and see the progress of these players and still try to, you know, shed light on these stories. And especially with, you know, with like spring training, just getting started with the season, you know, hopefully getting underway in April, you know, some of these players that all of a sudden are like, people are like, who is this person? I'm like, Hey, I caught them when they were in minor league ball. Yeah, you caught them when they were. These are people that you mm-hmm. want to pay attention to, and and again, like I said, just doing some constructive seed planning, definitely. It like I don't know if you have heard a lot of my episodes, but um, I am not a baseball chick because I am a Yankees girl. That's it. I know my Yankees. I love my Yankees, but I just learned so much by just listening to you right now because I was going to ask you why did you decide to cover the minor league but I just hear it already there's so much history so much like growth in there and you get to see players go from minor league all the way to the major league or just to see their minor league career and that is like I'm telling you guys if you are a baseball person or someone interested in sports general read nothing minor because this the way Andrew breaks everything down is fantastic so, Andrew, are you in any contact with any more of these players? Like, I know, like, you got to watch them go, like, 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 like little babies. Watch them when they're, like, young in the minor league trying to figure it out, get to the pro league, or still trying to do their thing in the minor league. You still keep in contact? There's some that I keep in contact with. I think what's a blessing is with me being in Metro Atlanta and with, again, the Braves AAA affiliate, which is their top minor league team, mm-hmm. it's in the same county that I'm in. So I oh, know perfect. The, the irony <laughs> is when I did the the chapter on the Mississippi Braves, I was able to interview Trey Harris and then I interviewed his teammate, Braden Shoemake. And a little bit about Braden Shoemake's backstory, 2019, he's one of the... T- two first round draft picks of the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. When I covered that particular game, that was his double A debut. So you looking at a player that spent three years at Texas A&M comes out early, gets taken in the very first round, like the top of the top two months later, after basically leaving college is at double A, which is just two levels below the majors. I actually did his first interview on the double A level. Um, He's actually rated as a Braves like number five prospect. So I really expect both he and um, uh, Trey Harris being on the triple A team. So of course I will do what I need to do and be like, Hey fellas, good to see you guys. But, um, Mm -hmm. but, and I really expect, honestly, I really expect those two players 
definitely shoemake looking knowing how the Braves infield is lining up third base is one of the question marks that they have like they haven't really found a solid replacement since Josh uh Josh um uh, gosh I forget his last Donaldson left so what I really think honestly this is just speculative but what I really think is going to happen is that I really think Shoemake is going to get the big league call this year and he will either be their shortstop or third baseman and if if he doesn't shift then the current starting shortstop uh uh Danson uh gosh Dan, Dansby Swanson, my apologies. One yeah. of those two is going to shift to third base at some point. And I really think in Trey Harris's case, because the Braves have a log jam in outfield, they've got Austin Riley in left field. You've got Ronald Acuna, who's one of the best young players around in center. And then they re-sign Marcel Asuna, who's going to be in right. And then they will probably bring back Nick Markakis as a backup corner outfielder and left field right field I don't know what they're going to do with Adam Duvall he's looking like he's going to be in that same gray area because he's not going to get the regular playing time in left field or right field and with Freddie Freeman being at first base he's not going to get regular playing time there so I think in Trey Harris's case this is just me he'll probably be a late season call up when they have the expanded rosters and then there's no telling what's going to happen for 2022 Um, but I, I don't want to speculate because I, I don't I don't I don't want to speculate as much on Trey. He's he's just a he was just a great interview. When I in mm-hmm. looking back, he's the only player I interviewed twice because I interviewed him for pregame. He was player of the game with the game winning home run. So post game I interviewed Braden Shoemake and then I interviewed Trey Harris again a second time. That was pretty funny. But both of those guys are are hardworking. They're good players. So for any Braves fans out there, these are two people you need to keep your eye on. They're they're going to be solid contributors, you know, at some point to me within like the next year or two. Seriously. You guys heard it here first. You guys, Andrew just gave y'all the, the, the synopsis. He broke it down for y'all. So you got your baseball people that have been yelling at me about baseball. You heard it here, okay? <laughs> he let you know who to keep an eye out for, especially in Atlanta. So, Andrew, where do you see your future going? Like, you can be like, okay, like, I am I made it to this place. I'm feeling great. What's next for you? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I think all of us think that what's next is going to be doing bigger. And what does bigger look like at this point? Mm-hmm. On the television end, I love the network that I'm partnered with. They have given me every opportunity to, from show design to covering different events. I've been able to obviously do sports. I did, I've done college football. I've done minor league hockey, but I've done things on the other end of the spectrum from covering the um, 2020 campaigns for now Senators John Ossoff and Senators Raphael Warnock. Mm-hmm. So I'm very thankful and grateful for the opportunities provided by Status Network. I will continue to be aggressive in regards to bringing in great people across entertainment business community more. There's so many wonderful people doing wonderful things that don't always get their stories of impact amplified. So Lord willing, I'll continue to be aggressive, you know, bring back some great people, you know, great hosts, you know, Ms. Lewis, you might know of one, but, um, (laughs) 
no, I want to be able to continue to do that and build on the great people that I've been able to bring in. Uh, on the business end, obviously there's more topics to cover writing-wise, whether it's sports, whether it's creative with poetry, whether it's social issues, what have you. There's so many things out there to pursue. Uh, on the audiobook end, um, I'm real excited with how that audiobook series, the author's mixtape is, is basically bringing a freestyle experience to the audiobook world. So all the writing, all the poetry, spoken word, whatever is written in studio and then we record it and that's it. So I like doing that type of creative stuff. I'll still do, you know, audio books, maybe go in a couple of different directions just to expand the boundaries. Uh, but I think the biggest things where I see myself, number one, continue to challenge myself. There's more out there. So you've got to do that because it allows you to grow. I think the second thing is the proverbial casting a wider net because when you cast a wider net, there's more people that you reach. And when there's more people that you can reach, obviously you can do some great things with it. You can help, you know, like I said earlier, amplify some positive people doing some positive things. Uh, you can, and in doing that, you amplify yourself and people be more willing to work with you, to partner with you, collaborate, you know, hire you, you know, hire you. What eggs, Okay. <laughs> so I, I really just want to, you know, I, I, I just really want to continue to grow, continue to expand in all those areas, you know, business wise, continue to tap in to reaching even more people on the education end. um, on the press and media and whether I'm working with people to manage their, their items or what have you, excuse me, continue to work with some great people, continue to help positively amplify their stories of impact on the writing and continue to tackle topics, revisit a couple of things to kind of check your growth. But you know, the biggest thing is continue to grow and, and, and do so to where people feel like, your giving is honest in effort to get it right. Mm -hmm. I think that's the simplest way to put it. As long as people know that I'm giving is honest in effort to get it right. I think, you know, there's definitely some great things. Okay. Wow. Again, I told you guys, not only just amazing and his business, amazing in sports, amazing in television. He's so well, that's what y'all need to do. Become more well-rounded individuals. Andrew covers more than just sports, more than just like he does, he does poetry. He covers some parts of um, the 2020 election. It's just, there's so, we could talk for hours and hours and hours because there's so much to just, so much growth and knowledge I can get from you and so can my audience. But tell us where we can find you and so we can just tap into you just specifically all the time. Well, yeah, definitely. On the author end, the easiest ways to connect with me on Facebook, if they add the page author, Andrew Snorton, so A-U-T-H-O-R, Andrew Snorton, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, author A. Snorton. You can email me at authoracenorton at gmail.com. And then on the business end, um, Creative Community Solutions on Facebook is Creative Community Solutions, LLC. On, and it's the same for the YouTube channel, Twitter, Instagram, A Snorton CCS. And if you go to the website, asnortoncs.com, you can see all the different things, education, press and media, 
and then there's a section on the uh, writing end. And from there, you can click on the landing page that will take you to the author specific piece. Um, but yeah, those are the main ways to stay connected with me. And like I said earlier, I am grateful and thankful for the opportunity to talk with, share, exchange. And, you know, like I said earlier, continue well wishes to your audience and and you keep doing the great work that you're doing. So yeah, I'm, 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 <laughs> I said, I'm grateful. Seriously. I'm grateful. Guys, I'm getting flowers all week. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It has been a blast, Andrew. Thank you so much for coming on. And guys, I just want to let you guys all know the COVID's still real. Yes, it's still real. So please um, remember that this podcast is a partner with hashtag wear a mask, which means you cover from nose to chin and keep your six feet apart. Yes, y'all, we still are social distancing. So please continue to do that. And as we continue to go through this vaccine um, situation and fight this pandemic, keep boosting your immune systems. Please make sure that you guys are taking your vitamin C taking um your all your vitamins not just vitamin c y'all all of your vitamins take those elderberries make sure you drink your green tea a and um also stay hydrated that's definitely a way to help boost your immune system and fight this virus until next time guys stay blessed stay happy and keep a lookout for your fellow human okay bye <laughs>